week where we're back again this week and and that's with the, a new series that we're calling pray bold and last week we uh we started pray, we started talking about praying bold to a god who's not intimidated by what we'll call long shot requests we talked about the story of joshua and, and joshua goes into battle he knows the promise of god and god is has, in giving him this promise he knows that that if the sun were to set on his situation at that very moment that he wouldn't be able to finish what he knows god had promised him to do and so joshua in the middle of of a battle cries out to god god i i pray that the sun would stand still I mean, what a bold statement to pray for. What a, what a, a commanding presence to have on Joshua. What a, what a step of faith it was for Joshua to be able to, to, to stand out and say that. But I truly believe that God loves to show his glory through us, his people, his children. He loves to show his glory through you so that the world can know who he is. Our scripture, Exodus 34.10, that the Lord may reveal through you and I to the people we live among how awesome it is that he is. That's the point of the Gospels. It's, it's God working in our lives, and we see that, but then as well, it's, it's our faith stepping out into a boldness that all of a sudden allows the world to see how awesome God is. And I challenged everybody last week to begin to pray your own sun stand still prayers like Joshua did. Because God responds to faith. God responds to faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God responds to faith. God is pleased when we step out in faith. Now, I want to note, listen here, that, that, that faith isn't a belief in an outcome. I, I think we skew this a lot of times. Faith is not a belief in an outcome, but rather it's the knowledge that God can, that he has the ability, the capability. God can. We believe in God, not in the outcome. Scripture says that he can do more than you can ask or imagine. It doesn't matter in what area of life that you're facing, whether it be in your relationships, your, your physical body with healings, or whether it be your emotions, or, or maybe it's in uh, like your, your job situations, wherever it is that you desperately need God to do something. God loves to show up. But my faith isn't in the outcome. My faith is in a sovereign God. Just this week, uh, I, I was talking with a friend, and, and this, this, this individual was telling me about a, a family he knows currently going through a situation where he, they have a, a young child that was diagnosed with an incurable disease. Uh, and, and this friend of mine, as he's sharing this story, he, he's going into, he's researched this particular disease and looked it up. and. And how he started going into the, the probability, the statistics, the science behind this particular disease. And, and it was a statistical fact that within five years, there was a, uh, what was a 99% mortality rate. And he, he was saying all that. He, he followed that with, with the, that the family was asking people, to, to believe with them for their child to be healed, but that he personally was, was struggling uh, with his faith because of the statistics, the science that was behind it. And, and I, I, uh, I understood where he was at. It, it was, it was it's, it's this, uh, and, and not to demean it, but it's this why bother mentality. For me, I, I still remember my dad struggling with stage four cancer. Diagnosed, it's already stage four, and, and uh, he's dying. 
The doctors themselves had given up hope. No more treatments, they had said. They had sent him home to die. And yet every time I went and I saw him, every time I spoke with him, he had the biggest smile, the biggest warmth on his face. And I'd ask him, Dad, how you doing? And he'd always answer with believing for a healing. Believing for a healing. And in my mind, I, there, was, there was a head knowledge. I could hear what he was saying, but at the same time, um, I wanted to lash out. I wanted to, to beat a wall. I wanted to lash out at the cancer for being so obtrusive into my life, into his life, into our family, into everything that we were going on. I wanted to lash out at the doctors for, for sending us home with, with basically no hope. I wanted to, to lash out at, at everything and anything around me, even at God, for allowing the, the sun to set on my situation. Why bother? But through it all... Dad would smile, and he would say, believing for a healing. It wasn't until he passed some time later that, that I, I realized that he knew hope. Not an outcome. But he knew a God that, that could heal. Whether it was on this side of eternity or on the other, but, but the hope, the belief was in Christ. Not in the outcome that I thought was needed. Today, what I want to do is, is I want to help us all with those questions, the why bother. Because I, I think I can preach a message like last week. We can sit there and we can talk about, man, God wants to, to create the sun to stand still. And, and it's this hype moment. And, and for a second, for a moment, you, you, you start to feel it. But then, but then the questions start to rise up in your mind. You may ask God to make the sun stand still and in reality, what you see is the sky seems to keep getting darker. You may ask God to make your marriage better, but your spouse keeps getting colder. You, you may ask God for a healing, but the doctor's reports keep showing up and they're getting worse. They're getting worse and they're sending you home with no hope. You may ask God for assistance with a job or, or with your finances, and, and it seems like every month another unexpected expense just seems to arise, and all the while you're wondering... Does God even care anymore? There's a passage of scripture today that I'm going to be uh, staying in that's in Mark chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark 5, and I'll have it up here behind me as well. But Mark 5 demonstrates, I, I think, this exact situation, the questions that, that we face on a daily basis where, where someone asked God to do something big. God, They asked Jesus right there. They, they looked him in the eyes. They asked Jesus, I need you to create a moment for me where the sun stands still. And just as it seemed like it was about to happen, the, the prayer was going to be answered. The miracle was going to happen. Things got way worse. A real quick summary here down, we, we jump down to, it's about verse 22, it, it, uh, it starts up, and there was a man by the name of Jarius who was a synagogue leader, and he had a 12-year-old daughter. Jarius had a 12-year-old daughter who was very sick, and Jarius, he searches out Jesus. He searches out Jesus, and, and, and as you read the scripture, you can feel the angst, the turmoil in his life concerning what's going on with his daughter. I pick up in verse 22, it says this, Jarius fell at the feet of Jesus, pleading earnestly with him, my little girl, my daughter is dying, please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. 
as a father, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine. And, and I would say to all of us this morning that, that this need could be symbolic of whatever the worst need in your life is. Whatever it is that you're facing, that, that you sit there and look at, the toughest situation, the moments in your life that drop you to your knees where you're crying out to God, Jesus, I need you now. Continuing on in that passage, Jesus goes with him to heal his daughter. And, and it seems like the prayer is answered. The very next verse says Jesus follows along with them. But as they're on their way, all of a sudden there's this woman who, who cuts in line. How many of you hate a cutter? <laughs> Oh, especially if you're in the fast lane. Don't do it. Don't cut. We know the story is the woman with the issue of blood. Here's Jarius. He, he, he's been dealing with, with his daughter who's only been alive for 12 years. Now has a situation where, where his little girl is going to die. I mean, immediately, if, if she doesn't have Jesus, there's no other hope left. And, and then there's this woman who's been dealing also with an issue where, where she's been bleeding for 12 years. She's older in life, right? And, and in Jarius' mind, I can only imagine, he's like, look, look, you've lived life. You've been dealing with this for 12 years. Give me this moment. My 12-year-old daughter, who's only been alive for 12 years, who's only been alive for the amount of time you've been dealing with this, is, is about to die, and, and you're going to cut in line. This woman, the crowd is following Jesus. She kind of slips in through the crowd because, uh, again, in, in that particular culture, she was shunned. She was put to the side. And so she kind of slips through the crowd very quietly and just reaches out and touches the hem of, of Jesus' clothes. Believing that if I can just reach out and touch him, I'll, I'll be healed. And it's a beautiful story. I mean, it's a whole message in and of itself. She reaches out the faith to believe, and, and she's touched, she's healed. And, and in that moment, Jesus says, he stops. On the way to heal this daughter, he stops, and he says, who touched me? If I'm Jarius, I'm thinking, look, it's the crowd. There's a lot of us. It could have been me. Hey, it was me. Let's keep going. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter. But Jesus stops. He, he, he stops and he starts addressing the crowd and he starts looking around and, and all of a sudden that woman comes forward and, and he says, who touched me? And, and she comes forward and says it was me. And, and it's great and all. It's, yeah, sure, awesome, she's healed, now let's go. But, but Jesus continues to just talk to the crowd. Jesus turns, stops going to Jairus' house. But Jesus sees this woman and starts talking with the crowd. And that, that downtime, that, that moment right there where, where you, you had faith and hope, but now that's the balance between, between science, statistic, and probability, that all of a sudden you, you're, in this, you're in this expanse, this hole of darkness. And we see what happens in verse 35. It says this, while Jesus was still speaking to the crowd, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they said, your daughter is dead. I don't know about your life, your situations, but, but have you ever had those moments in your own life where you felt like all was good, like, 
like God was going to answer. Jesus agreed to, to, to make the sun stand still over a situation. And then all of a sudden, bam, just like that, it's, it's, as if, it's as if God himself just all of a sudden disappeared from your situation. It's like, what happened? The, the sun was going to hold. You promised me. And, and, then, and then what? All of a sudden, God's blessing somebody else or something because he, he's definitely not helping me out. You've gone from having what was a bad situation to now it's, it's a dead situation. It's gotten worse. And then his friends, the, the friends that look at him and say, why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother? I feel like that's probably where a lot of us could say that we're at today. We've asked God to do something, and, and, and we believed. We, we had that faith moment. There was, maybe it was the hype of a message. Maybe it was something you heard. But for a moment there, you, you grabbed a hold of faith, and, and, and all of a sudden you were stepping out. You were believing. You were hanging on to hope. But just as soon as you got your hopes up, something flies in the faith of, of everything that you were believing. All of a sudden, you, you're crippled in, in, in a way that you, you maybe even wish you'd never even begun to hope. I don't know if you've ever gotten to the place in your relationship with God where you felt like, why bother? But I'll be honest and say I've been there. Why bother? Walking in faith and trusting God for big things. I would even go so far as to say every time that God is saying that, that, that something's possible, you can break through. There's going to be a, a, a break free. There's going to be a, a freedom that's only found in Christ. You can make it. You can do it. You can make a difference. And at the same time, there's always going to be enemy right there in your other ear saying, why bother? You, you tried. You tried to break that habit in your life. You've been trying for years. Why, why keep trying? Why bother? What makes you think this year is going to be any different than the last? Why bother to ask God to, to, to resurrect that broken marriage? You've tried and it's only worse. Why bother? Why continue to, to pray about a child who, 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 is, who is strung out on drugs and, and you're sitting there kicking the door in trying to help them out and, and all the while they're not responsive to your help. They go right back to the very thing that's just sending them in, into an early grave and you sit there and you're, you're questioning, you're, you're wondering why bother? Why bother serving at a church? Why bother dreaming? Why bother believing for healing? Why, why bother when everybody in my family has always been this way? Why would I bother to be any different? But look at what Jesus said in that very next verse. The friends come, they look at Jairus, and they say, why, why bother the teacher in Jesus? Some manuscripts say overhearing, but, but that, that word overhearing is also translated as ignoring. Ignoring what they said. Look, there's going to be times when the people around you, maybe even the voice within you, it, it's going to tell you that it's not possible. Why bother? Why continue? But you've got to learn to ignore what they say. Look, selective hearing, selective hearing is probably one of the most effective allies that each and every one of us have in the fight of faith. Selective hearing. You've got to learn how to tune out doubt. You've got to learn how to sit there and, and not pay attention to the, that, that one voice in your ear that keeps saying, why bother? And watch how unfazed Jesus is when the situation gets worse. 
but here's the thing. Know that, that Jesus, this is, this is the same Christ, this is the same Lord who, who responded with a straight gaze. They come, they say, look, the, what you were doing, you were going to heal this girl, she's dead. He looks at the situation, straight gaze, responding without even twitching at the news that she's passed. And he's just as capable, just in command of whatever the situation that you're facing today is. Even if it seems dead, in your life you look at the moment and you say this, this, this moment went from worse to dead. And Jesus looks at it and goes, eh, I'm going to ignore what you said. Look, don't, don't let anybody tell you what you can or cannot do. Don't let anybody tell you what this church, what this body, what we as believers can or cannot do. Don't let anybody tell you what we can or cannot build, how much that we can put into people's lives. Don't let anybody tell you how or whether or not we can touch this area. Jesus continues. He says this, ignoring what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Look, on one hand, you've got Jairus' own people, those voices in your head that are saying, why bother? All the while, here's Jesus with the audacity to say, just believe. Just believe. Look, when you find yourself in a situation where it looks like everything is against what God has promised you in your life, sometimes you've got to just believe. Follow Jesus. You can't let everybody have a voice in your life. You can't let everybody have a voice in your life when you want to do great things for God. And look, that's the, uh, that's the problem with some of you. Some of you are listening to why bother friends that are trying to instruct you in areas of life that they can't even get right. And you're listening to them. And all the while, you know the promises of God are saying, just believe, I know you can't. And all the while, these people who can't are saying, ah, oh, you can't either. You've got to be selective about the voices that you allow into your life. Who are you allowing to input? Who are you allowing to build you up? Who are you allowing to control the direction of your life? You can't just listen to anybody. Jesus was selective about who he allowed around him. Continues on in verse 37. It says this. Jesus did not let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Rightfully so, right? I mean, I mean we, we have a little girl, a little 12-year-old girl who's passed away. Look what Jesus does. He walks in and he says to him, why, why all the commotion? Why are you wailing? Like, what, what's going on? Really? What? I mean, come on, Jesus. He, he, they told you, right? What do you mean? Why wouldn't I... Why wouldn't there be commotion? Why, why wouldn't we be crying? Why wouldn't we be wailing in this moment? But, but Jesus didn't see a death. You see, we look at the natural. We look at the natural. We look at the doctor's report. We look at, we look at what happened in the physical. I was looking at my dad and I was watching this, 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 this behemoth of a man, this strong, powerful man all of a sudden dwindled down to skin and bones. And he, he grew out this big old goatee that I'm going, Dad, it's mm. like the goatee is bigger than you are now. That's what, in the natural, that's what I saw. But see, God doesn't see a death. He, he saw an opportunity for a resurrection. 
Look, Jesus doesn't see your situation the way you see your situation. As I, as I look back on my dad and the way he looked at this situation, look, if you're measuring faith, this wasn't some tragic ending where cancer won. This was not a tragic ending where cancer won. This was a beautiful teaching moment in my life where my dad believed for and saw an outcome. It didn't come the way I wanted. My dad was believing for a healing, and it didn't come the way I wanted, but, but I was placing my faith in the outcome when dad was holding on to something greater. In your life, your situation, it could be dead, but, but you got to just keep moving forward in faith because Jesus looks at your situation and says, don't be afraid, don't give up, don't count yourself out, just believe. The devil says, why bother? Jesus says, just believe. I just got laid off from a job and, and now I'm not going to be able to support my family. Now I'm not going to be able to put food on the plate. And the devil says, why bother? Sit around in anger. Why don't, you, why don't you get angry at those who did this to you? And all the while, Jesus is saying, just believe because your best is not behind you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. For some of you, you're sitting here and you're thinking that divorce defines you. The enemy says, why bother? You're never going to meet another. You're going to be single again the rest of your life. Why would you even bother? Why try? And all the while, Jesus is saying, no, you've got to believe. There's something new that God can do through your life. There's something better that he can do in your situation. Every time potential for faith is born in your life, the enemy is going to be there saying, why bother when all the while God is telling you, just believe and keep on. <laughs> Continuing in, in verse 39. Jesus went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and this wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. Man, that, look, that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. They just came and said, like, the girl died. Doctors are there. This was, this was a man that, that worked in the synagogue. He was a ruler. He had anybody that could there to heal his daughter. And they've already declared her gone. So much so that the Bible says the friends, everybody else in the room, laughed at him. Now, I, look, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know who here actually brought a literal Bible, but if you'll turn to this passage for me real quick, Mark chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. Take your Bible, if you have, if you have it on, in your, in your, on your phone or on your iPad here this morning, you want to highlight that verse. And then out to the side, take your pen and write the word Dumb. The big old D-U-M-B, exclamation, 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 dumb, don't laugh in the face of Jesus. I mean, that's just like, seriously, come on now. Dumb. Exactly. But listen, here's the thing, I, 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 we, we would do that. We'd all write in our Bibles right now, dumb. That's the stupidest thing we've ever heard, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time. God gives us a promise. And instead of having faith and believing for that promise, we hold on to the why bother. And every time we hold on to the why bothers in life, what we're doing is we're laughing in the face of the promise that God's given us. In verse 40, it continues on. It says, after Jesus put them all out. <laughs> yeah. like sometimes that's exactly what you got to do with, with people in your lives, with doubts in your mind. Just put them out. 
All of the reasons the enemy gives you why you can't change, all of the enemy's uh, uh, input into your life on why your story will never be greater than what it is, why, why you'll never amount to what God wants you to be, why you can't impact lives, why, why you can't make a difference through doing what you're doing, why, why you're never going to be changed, why your family can't be saved, why you're never going to see your healing, all the things, all the doubts that are going to bombard you. The Bible says Jesus put them all out, and after he put them all out, he took the child's father, the mother, and the disciples who were with him, and he went in to where this child was, and he took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha koum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl, immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished, but he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Man, look, guys, we, we serve a God, a Savior, who's so calm, cool, and collected in the face of, uh, of our, our worst darkness, in the face of death itself, that, that he looks at the situation and says, hey, somebody make the girl a sandwich. <laughs> hey, who's got the PBJ? Come on. Somebody get this girl something because she's She's hungry. Y'all are leaving her, just laying around here. Is somebody going to do something? Get her, a, get her a bite to eat? God's not freaked out about what's keeping you up at night. He's looking to sit down to a sandwich with you. <laughs> he's got this. Why are you worrying about a battle that he's already won? Why are you worked up about a situation? Why are you mourning over a situation that God has the ability to resurrect? Look, even, even, even if the sun goes down, God himself can be your light through the darkest moments. Even if your situation, it doesn't seem to get better, he can use the very thing that the enemy came to steal, to kill and destroy from your life. He can turn around and, and build you up. What the enemy meant to tear you apart, God looks to take and, and all of a sudden restore into you just, man, the joy of your salvation, these moments where all of a sudden you're rising up in faith. Not a faith in an outcome, but a faith in a God who says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He wants to use those situations to build you up, to give you a great testimony. Why? For, again, for, for his glory, so that the people we live among will see how awesome it is, the work that God is doing right here in and through your life, my life, our lives. As I close this morning, the band's going to be coming up and, and playing that last song. Oh, come to the altar. And the questions in our mind are, are, are seriously, they're, they're always going to be this, this, this contrast of why bother, why bother, why bother, when all the while Jesus is saying, just believe, just believe. The scriptures, man, from, from beginning to end, they're full of men and women who could have said why bother, but instead they chose just believe. In your life, maybe it's... It's like Peter, and you, you feel like you're out on the water. There's a storm breaking your boat apart, like you're about to sink. You're about to, to, to drown in, in this situation. And Jesus calls out, and he says, come. He gives you nothing more than one word, one simple word. Peter could have said, why bother? But instead, he just believed. And all of a sudden, he walks out amongst the wind and the waves. He, he steps out and walks upon the water. And, and there's many times, I hear it all the time, people say, yeah, but, but, but he sank. But Peter, Peter started sinking. Man, I, I'd rather be in open water in the middle of a storm close to Jesus than I'd rather be in a boat 
with some of my why bother friends. Just believe. Again, story after story. Maybe it's like Joseph. Maybe in your life you, you, you've spent years unjustly imprisoned or enslaved due to, to, to people's, what, what they say about you, how they categorize you, how they box you, and, and, and all the while you can't seem to break free. You know God has, has, has promised you so much more, but, but all the while they've told you, man, you'll never amount to anything. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never any good. I wish you were never born. Whatever the situation is, all the while you're feeling like you're completely enslaved, imprisoned. Joseph could have said something is similar as why bother thrown in the towel and given up but he remembered the promise of God when he was a young boy that he would have a position one day to save a nation to save a nation and he believed there was Moses Moses stuttered he was insecure he could have easily said, God, it's not me. There's got to be somebody else, somebody else that's more eloquent of speech. There's, there's somebody else that you have planned for this because my ability is not enough. My ability, I, I'm not able to do what you're asking me to do. He could have said, why bother? <laughs> but he remembered a promise that he would lead the people out of the land of slavery into a land flowing with milk and honey, and he believed. Joshua we talked about Joshua last week when all of a sudden in, in your situation, man, all of a sudden it feels like the sun is setting, like, like time has expired, like, like it's over. There's no more possibility. Once the sun goes down, the, it, it's done. Your life is done. And Joseph has, excuse me, Joshua had the audacity to instead cry out this, this audacious sun stand still prayer. He could have said, why bother? But instead he believed. I look at the story of Ruth. Divorced, widowed actually, excuse me, widowed with, with nothing left to her name, no one that would take her in. She could have given up saying, why bother? But instead she believed and when she went from working in a field to owning the very same field, being married to a man that God, that, or that saw God's light in her life, desired her. She could have said, why bother? But instead she just believed. Paul, they beat him over and over again. They stoned him within an inch of his life. He was shipwrecked and left for dead. So many instances, time and time again, he could have said, why bother? This is killing me. But he held on to a promise. He finished the race testifying to the grace of God. And then Jesus... Jesus could have said, why bother? He was hanging on a cross being murdered by the very people that, that he came to save. The very people that, that he was there to help were lashing out at him. Saying, crucify him as they tore, tore his flesh off his back. And, and they beat him beyond recognition. And all the while he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Look, you can tell me it's too hard. You can tell me it's too hard, why bother? But when I look at that situation and I know it was my sin, it was our sin, it was your sin that kept Jesus from bailing that night. When he stretched out his arms and he died. So that my dad could believe in a healing when I couldn't see it. So that today I could stand here. 
And I can encourage you with the, you got to let go of the voices that say, why bother? Just believe instead. Because on the third day, on the third day, man, Jesus put a whooping on death unlike anything we've ever seen. Beat it back, took the keys back and said, nah. He proved once and for all that all is possible, that all things are possible with a God who cares for you, the God that loves you. We serve a God who will hang on a cross and all the while talk about resurrection. You can't tell me your life, the sun is set. You can't tell me this mountain's too hard. You can't tell me that this darkness is impassable, it's insurmountable. You can't tell me your situation can't be beat by a God who hung on a cross and talked about resurrection. Come on, church. I don't care how dead your situation seems to be. God did all that so he could prove himself faithful in your life. No more why bother. I declare, man, just believe. Just believe. If you bow your heads with me across the room, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for your word, the truth, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, the, the, the rock, the foundation that we can hold on to. Father, I thank you. That in you, all things are possible. That through you, Lord God, I don't have to face a dead situation, but I can see an opportunity for a resurrection, Lord. That I can have faith, not in an outcome, Father, but, but rather in a God who can. How sovereign you are, Lord. I thank you. Christ is risen. <laughs> Father, I pray right now across this room for individuals who are facing situations, struggles, Lord God, where it feels like you've passed them over, you've left them behind. Father, I pray over those situations, Lord God, that they would stop listening to the voices, maybe even the voice within that, that keeps saying, why bother? Don't don't even try anymore. Lord God, for the individual here this morning that's looking at their finances daily and, and looking at that checkbook constantly in the red, constantly down there at that, at that negative number, negative number, and they can't seem to just make it to the black. They're just looking to make it to the black. Lord God, I, I pray that today they would see that you have a future, a plan, a hope for them to prosper. Lord God, that things will be different, but they've got to continue to believe. Step out in faith, Lord God. Continue to, to, to trust you with their giving. Continue to trust you in all that they're doing. Lord God, I pray for those here this morning that have the doctor's report. As grave, as grim, as slim as the chances look, the probability, the statistics, Lord God, we're not believing in the outcome. We're believing in you, Father. We know that you can. And so right now we cry out and we believe, Father, we need a healing. We need the sun to stand still in this situation. We're not going to look at death. We're going to look at the possibility for a resurrection, Lord God, for every single individual in this room, Lord, whatever it is. Regardless of the statistic anomaly that it may be, we serve a God who's above and beyond. For those here this morning, Lord God, that are dealing with, with relationships where doors have seemingly been closed, papers have been served, time is done, it's over, Lord God, I, I pray that they don't give up, but instead they hold on to the hope, the promise, and they just believe. Father, I thank you across this room 
for your son. Look, if you're here this morning, as, as you keep every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and, and you've never experienced a personal relationship with the God that loved you this much, or, or maybe you've, you've heard stories of God, but maybe they were misconstrued, and, and all the while he was angry at you, and he, he, wanted, he wanted to send you to hell, or whatever it was, I'm telling you, man, God is nothing like what, what, that, what that, that picture is. He's a God who, who cries out, man. He wants that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. He wants everybody to have abundant life found in him. And, and I'm telling you, if you've never experienced a relationship, a true relationship with him, with a God that loves you so much that he, he hung his arms out on the cross and, and even in the middle of death talked about a resurrection thought about you in those moments if you've never experienced a true relationship with him man i want to pray for you and it's the it's it's the simplest prayer that you could ever pray there's nothing crazy eloquent about it nothing nothing that you have to uh, spin around or, or jump up and down any certain way certain amount of times nothing like that it's it's a cry from your heart that says god i i need you and right now i'm not going to trust the voices that say why bother i want to trust the voice that says just believe if that's you here this morning, I want to pray for you right where you're at. I'm not going to call you up to the front. I, I, I want to pray for you. If that's you, if you just real quickly raise your hand. Across the room, anybody want to raise their hand and give their life to Christ? Awesome. 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 <laughs> awesome. Across the room, if everybody here will repeat after me. Lord God, I need you. In my situation, in my life, I'm done listening to why bother. I want to just believe. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. It's in your name I pray. Father, I pray today for every person who's heard this message across this room, Lord God, that when they, when they hear those voices that say, why bother, all of a sudden there would be something within them that would kick into overdrive, Lord God, and, and all of a sudden they, they, they would stand up, that they would rise up with a zeal, with a fervor, Lord God, unlike anything they've ever had before, uh, a belief, Lord God, an unleashing of a faith within that steps out in boldness and says, man, I'm going to believe in this situation. When people look at them and they give them the report, they give them the doctor's report, or for a new believer, when Pete, your friends, your own friends sit there and look at you and say no I know how you are I know how you are give it another day we'll see what happens man I pray father God that today they would just believe that there would be a difference in their lives that man their lives would be changed for eternity because of a simple decision to say I just believe Lord God I thank you for the power the word of the, the uh, that you've given us father your your word in script that we can read your voice to us Lord God that says I will never leave you I will never forsake you I will always love you father I thank you for the truth of the word of God. I thank you for your spirit alive and well inside of us, Father, that when we were dead, you came in and you gave us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, God, you gave them to us. And you said, now go live abundantly. I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing here in this place in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, before you leave, before you leave, real quick. 
If you're here this morning and you raised your hand, look, please don't leave today. Do not leave today without coming up here and talking to me. I want to I wanna tell you about some next steps, just the, the, the way that... that uh, What's next in life? You've made this decision here over the next couple weeks. We're working on a uh, a reception room right back here in the back. We're going to be able to to take in people that are first time guests as well as those who've made a decision. But but until we get that going, please come up here this morning. Talk to me. I want to give you some next steps. I want to give you connected into a community group. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful wonderful Sunday afternoon. Love you all. Remember, know why bother? Just believe. Come on.